Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. All right, well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my cohort, 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 and co-host Victor Adams. We've been very consistent today, haven't we? <laughs> we have, that's man. Right. We have. I, I've messed up a few times, but we're doing all right. Other yeah, than that, that's right. So, doing okay. Doing good, man. Yeah. Um, Saturday. You yeah. Know, enjoying the the weather is kind of like it went from freezing to like now like rainy, muggy, and now it's kind of back to where it's like nice. Yeah, yeah. It's it, Memphis weather, man. I'm telling you what. If you've never been to Memphis. Uh, you can experience the four seasons in one day yeah. usually if you come here. So. Thirty degrees, like from the morning to the evening. Yeah. Yeah. At least this part of year, though, like when it's warm, it's not humid. Yeah. Like you'll have a hot day, but there's not a lot of humidity. It's mm-hmm. just, it's either cold or or you'll warm up a little bit. And, right. You know, I can remember living here being a kid, and we used to get snow like in November, and now it's it's you're lucky if you get snow at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember being at several several Liberty Bowl games in December or January that were like seventy four. And the you know in the last ten years it's just it's crazy man like yeah. there's no consistency here for sure. Well, but. The, and we see the Mississippi River you know is not as it used to be. You know? Yeah, it that's been crazy. Yeah. We were we were when we went to the Ozarks a few weeks ago and drove back over it. Like I was sitting there going, wow. Like mm-hmm. Bard's traffic they say is down like thirty five percent just mm-hmm. because they can't a lot of them can't get through. Um, I read the other day they found some like old rowboats and things like that like yeah. that had sunk that are you know from the eighteen hundreds and stuff. Uh, they dated them. I mean, it's. I just wonder what happens to those massive catfish because, like Jacques Cousteau said, they dove down there and saw like a catfish the size of a Volkswagen or something. Well, like where do those things right. go? Well, I was thinking like Chris and I were talking about taking Ella down there and see if we can find like shells and or you know any yeah. kind of cool little fossil stuff. We'll yeah, because yeah. it's only like they were saying there's parts of it like down here in Memphis, which yeah. is which is only like ten feet deep at this point, mm-hmm. you know and. Uh, if you've never seen the Mississippi in Memphis, it's really, really wide. Yeah. And right now, it's really, really not. Uh, but all that has to do with the Ohio River Valley and the years of droughts we've had, mm-hmm. all that feeds down here. So, yeah, it's definitely crazy to look at. And you know what? I guess it's a good mer- metaphor for our spiritual life, right? Yeah. Whenever we've been in droughts, things start to shrink up, and uh, the depth of our spiritual life starts to starts to uh, get uh, uh, less deep, right? Less mm-hmm. deep. and. So that's why we're doing things like this, doing this show and talking about things we talk about on here is to keep us that river flowing, that spiritual river flowing in our life. So, um, you know, before we start today, Victor, I just, again, want to say thank you to everybody and to invite people to become mission partners with us in the ministry. You know, we're looking, we have some levels that we're, we're asking people to give to. Uh, we have a hundred dollar level to 50, 500, a thousand. Some of you may be going, yeah, right, buddy. I don't have that. And I get it. But we're always glad to take whatever. You know, we're glad for anything, whether it's a dollar. Um, we believe in this mission, and we know that it's working, and we have testimonies. And one of the things we're doing new with the website is putting those testimonies up there so that you don't have to take my word for it. You can actually read the words of men that have uh, been in these groups and, and what it's done for their life. Um, you can look at uh, what priests and deacons and, and – um, DREs and people like that have said and the effect it's had on the parish. But look, the bottom line is we all know in our soul we want to be seen, loved, and heard, and we need places to do that, especially men. We've been told our whole life to sit down, be quiet, figure it out, work hard, never complain, do it yourself. And you look at the world today and you look at the state it's in, it's because the men have simply abdicated their faith. 
right? We, we've started believing in things other than our role that God has put us in. We believe in promotion. We believe in advancement. We believe in power. We believe in comfort and all these other things. And it walks us right into drugs and alcohol and porn and all these other addictions out there. I've seen it a million times. I've experienced it in my own life. And the only way you get true freedom is to be able to come to know our Lord um, and build a relationship with him, but also building a relationship with other people that keep you accountable, that walk with you, give you that friendship we all desire in our life, and then give you the opportunity to give them the same. That's the thing. A lot of times we look at it as what's in it for me, but it's our heart changes when it's what can I do and be for other people. That's what these groups help do. This is why it helps parishes because the men set on fire, the women are inspired and they're set on fire by it. The children are inspired because their parents are both now on fire and it affects the whole church and not just the everyday parish things, but like abortion and, and the needy and all those things. When you get men meeting together in groups, they're out doing service nights and they're feeding the poor. Victor, we put together 5,600 meals a couple of weeks ago at, at Catholic charities for people that need it sorely. Um, we've made thousands of sandwiches by now for the soup kitchen, you know, all on our service nights, just one night of our men's group. Then things like abortion, you know, you look at it, a lot of people support that and we should, but hopefully we can get to the day where the problem of abortion doesn't exist anymore because guys are living virtuously and not laying down with women before they're married, right? And so we don't have the problem. We're not staying out in front of abortion centers because they're closed and they're not needed anymore because people are simply living the life that they're called to live. The men are, are making better choices in their life and are respecting women more than that, right? The fault's not all on the man. There's The woman has a choice too. But what we're working with here specifically is men. So when you give to just a guy on the pew, when you give to this ministry and pew ministries, it's first of all it's 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 ta- it's a tax write off. You know, it's a charitable donation. It's a five hundred one c three, but it gives you the opportunity to affect so many different things. I mean, I don't know that I, that I think about it that lot that that you know like that a lot. That when you're giving to this, that money's going directly into places all over the country to help men become men, better men. So you can do that by going to donorbox.org slash pew. You can go to the Just a Guy in the Pew page and hit support. There's monthly, annual, one-time, whatever you want to do. But it's the end of the year here, getting that way. I know a lot of people need write-offs for taxes and companies need write-offs. So if you have something like that, please feel free to email us at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. We can get you all the stuff you would need to do that. If you have charitable trust, anything like that, we can get you that information as well. But please consider if you're going to give here at the end of the year, given to us so we can continue to serve both you and people around the country and the world. All right, Victor. So that's enough about that. Um, you know, again, I've been asking people lately what kind of uh, shows they want to hear, mm-hmm. not because I'm getting lazy, but just because we had a lot going on. And, you know, usually when I ask that, I get crickets, whether I ask it from the audience or just from our friends, it's just like, I don't know, I'll get back to you. But for whatever reason the other day, you know, I got five or six things, you know, and of course we'll be doing those over the next few weeks and months. But, um, one of them really, I, I was looking at a scripture anyway, from a few weeks ago. And, you know, it, it's one again from Paul, uh, is in one of the daily readings and he, and he starts talking about, you know, serving the Lord with a sincere heart. Mm-hmm. And we'll read it and stuff in a minute. But um, that was going to be the name of this. And then somebody, you know, said, well, one one show I'd like to hear is like why you do what you do. Um, and I don't, you know, I asked him, do you mean specifically me? Or why do I do the things I, that I do? Like why do I sin the way I sin or whatever? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they mean like why do I do what I do? And so it really made me think about the, how big of a question that is in anybody's faith is what is my why? You know, what is my why? I think that's the difference between people that are just going to church because their parents always did or because, 
you know, it's just a habit that they have in their life and people that are really going for the reason of growing in their relationship and their knowledge of Christ is they've identified their why. And so I saw that these things really went together and, you know, the verse I was talking about and then this this question of, you know, what's your why? And and I think that's where we have to spend our life. Even if you've been a Christian or a Catholic for years, mm-hmm. like if you feel like you're spiritually dead, if you feel like you're not moving forward, if you feel like a lot of times, why am I even here? You know, what's your why? Do you know that? Because that has to be, that has to be why we do everything in our life. There's got to be the reason. There's got to be that driving force. If you don't have the why, then you don't know why you're doing it. If you don't know why you're doing it, then you're confused as to why you're there. And then you don't have passion. And if you don't have passion, you're never going to do anything well. If you think about it, I mean, yes, we can do our jobs well, but there is the incentive of we need to do our jobs well so we can survive, mm-hmm. right? There, there's always got to be a why behind something. But with the Christian faith, our why is supposed to be something that brings passion so that we serve our Lord in a way that he really wants us to serve him. And what, what you're talking about is kind of like claiming ownership of your own faith. You know, because as, as children, if we're lucky to be grown in, up into an environment of faith, you know, foundation of faith, we— we are distilled from our parents' faith, right? Yeah. There's that transition eventually where it happens where we have to take on our own beliefs, our own faith, whether it's the same uh, denomination or whatever. You know, I, I was born Presbyterian, learned a great amount of foundation of my faith from there. But as I became older and explored my own sense of who I am, what my why is, you know, I had things along my life that, as people might know, that caused me to be more focused on claiming myself as a faith, uh, who I believe in as Christ, and and really kind of like claiming Christ as as my Savior and not just saying it in the sense of, um, you know, minor influence. Yeah. He is now a major influence in my life. Sure. And so, you know, and of course I became an adult. I explored more sense of like the, the Catholic faith. And the more I studied, the more I came to the conclusion that this is where I feel like I need to be. Um, and your why is always kind of like, am, am I following what my parents think I need to be, or am I believing in who, in the way that I know I need to believe in? Sure. You know? And I think this, the, the transition either happens or doesn't happen, where it's always been a tradition of the family, but you, they never develop a sense of claiming uh, their own faith of what they really believe sure. in because they're still, well, this, I was always raised to believe this. Well, what do you believe now? Who right. are you? And, and how does that concept of your faith change you on a daily basis? Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't want anybody to hear this and go, I don't know why I love Jesus. I'm not going to anymore. Like, that's yeah. not the point right. of this. Like, we're not trying to lose people here, you know, or why am I Catholic versus why am I not Protestant or whatever. What we're talking about is like, why do I care about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or if I don't, how can I? And, right. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, like, just life. You know, that's how I process these things. Okay, what does it mean in my life? Or what is something that you can compare it to, you know, in layman's terms or whatever? And, you know, for me, your why starts when you start to – you say, this has been somebody else's, and now I want it to be mine, mm-hmm. right? Like, I really want it to be mine. For a long time, like, when I became Catholic, I did it for Angela. You know, I wanted to marry her. I loved her. And I wasn't going to church. It wasn't like it was a big deal for me to quit being Baptist because I quit being Baptist a long time ago. But when we met, it was like, okay, well, my why was her. But that why never manifested into me growing in my faith and nurturing my faith. It was like, okay, I've accomplished this one thing. Mm -hmm. Now on a piece of paper, I'm Catholic. That's what she wanted. But then I had no, I I wasn't living that out at all, at, at all. I mean, we were fighting. I was, you know, I had the addictions and everything else. And, probably was too hungover most of the time to want to go. But even when I was there, 
I was just like, I can't wait for this to be over. Or man, I I don't like this like I used to like how I you know how yeah. I practice faith and and it being the a Baptist. Broncos are on another couple minutes, right? There. Like because I, it never was truly mine. Mm-hmm. Like it, my why was simply to accomplish one thing, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the right why. And I think for a lot of us that's the case. And so it, it reminds me a lot of of like when you're when you're coming of age, you know, and you're you're coming of eighteen age or age of eighteen mm-hmm. or whatever, and you're going. Okay, I'm going to go to college. It's going to be my life, right? Or, uh, you know, I finally had enough money raised, or I earned enough, or my dad helped me, and now I have a car. It's my car, you know. Uh, I've always lived in apartments or whatever, and now I've got money. We're married, and we're going to buy a house. It's our house. Like all of those things at some point in your life transition from being someone else's to yours. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in our life, we don't make that transition in our faith. And when we don't, that's when we find all these people in our church and in the world that are Christians that aren't really living the Christian life. So, you know, you shared a little bit about, about your why, you know, why Christ, Christ matters to me, to you. As a young person, I, I don't know, like, I, it was my parents, but then I found relationships and friendships. And so as a young Baptist, man, I, it was like, what's my why? I love being with other people that, that feel the same way I do, right? That they're joyful, that, that have good, wholesome friendships. I love these camps. I love all of these things. And, and through that, I grew in a love of the Lord. But obviously, I needed more. Or I would have, you know, would have not been where I am now. But, you know, for me, what really became the why in my life that drives me to do what I do, and I'm, I'm thinking this is what the person really wanted to know, was, you know, John, talk about why you do what you do. Why do you leave your wife and kids a couple times a month? Why do you sit here when you, you know, you've got credentials and all this stuff, you could be out making a ton of money and all that stuff. Why do you you spend your life sitting here not knowing if you're going to be able to, mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you're going to be able to support your family through all those kind of things. Why do you do it? it? It's simply like, because Jesus did something for me. I could not do for myself. You know, like Jesus became real to me in that jail cell. Um, you know, when, when I had no other choice, when I could go nowhere, when I was in a six by six box, not knowing if my wife and kids were going to be in my life, not knowing if I was going to have a job, not knowing if I'd have anybody in my life that would ever want to be around me again. I had to start realizing like as much as that wants is that needs to be a part of my life or as, as much of a reality as that is right now, like I can't affect that. What I can affect is how did I get here? And when I went through that and I look back through my life, the Lord just so graciously took me through my life in that, that afternoon, that evening that I was in jail on that Friday, Good Friday, I remember just thinking, um, like, how did I get here? And then he led me to the point, like, where, well, you joined that fraternity and you walked away from me, and then you started making your own choices in your life, and you became your own God, and and this is where you've gotten yourself is that you became you cared more about yourself than you have anybody else when you stopped caring about me, and so my why, like, I look back on that day and and I see the great mercy and the great grace and the great love that he gave me. And he didn't walk away from me and and he saved my life. He saved my life. I'm here today in this home with my wife and my, my children and good friends like you and David and Nick and John and all our friends in our study group and the friends I've made around the world and the ministry stuff. Like all of that has been a gift of God when I surrendered my life back to him. But at the end of the day, my reason, my why is that Jesus Christ did something for me. I couldn't do for myself. He paid a debt I could not pay. Right, he pulled me out of a out of a, a quicksand that I couldn't get myself out of, and so I don't do it out of obligation of like I owe him. I do it because I want to be able to give everything I have because I now understand what he's given for me. 
right, on the cross, and then in that moment giving up that that choice he had to simply turn away but to, to choose to turn towards me. And so that's my why. And, that's Victor, that's, that's the difference for all of us. I think we have to come to a point in our life where, where we say, why does Christ matter to me, right? Not because, you know, the Bible told, tells me so or whatever. I mean, I love that song too. But we really have to, have to dive in and say, why, you know, if Christ doesn't matter to us the way that he does to other people, why is that? You know, what's keeping me from them? What wounds do I have? What walls have I put up? Those sorts of things too. But simply like, why do I do this? And if it's because my mom and dad always did or my grandparents did or or a lot of people like, I just want my kid, we live in a crazy world and if I take them to church, I hope that like maybe something will rub off Mm -hmm. on them that's good or Catholic school will have an influence. But we we have to be mature Christians that have to sit down and go like, what does this mean to me? And again, this isn't to drive people away. If you if you don't have that answer, I don't want you to go, well, I guess I'll quit being Christian. That's not the point of this conversation. The point is sort of like the examine episode we did you know, a few episodes back is is just to sit there and go, I really want to think about this. And and then if if you don't know your why, get into scripture, get into the Lord, start praying for that. Like those are some of his favorite prayers, I believe, is when we simply go, Lord, I don't know why. Like I want to love you more, but I need to know why. He's going to he's going to open his heart like that's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for your yes. And by questioning you're starting to to say, "Yes, Lord, I, I want to know you more." And then you're going to develop this why. Well, for me, I mean, my why is developed in sense of being more thoughtful in my day-to-day interactions with people. Now, of course, there's times where you know, a rust or frustration happens and therefore it's not as tuned in as are targeted as I'm supposed to be or should be. But the thing is, I'm more patient with, with you know, times with my wife or, yeah. or my children or whatever. And even though there may be times where um, I'm, I'm waiting to speak on something, I have to kind of hit the brakes and say, okay, they're telling me something because they want me to know everything. Sure. Um, because I, I have a habit and still have a habit where I'm cutting people off because I, f- I feel I already know the answer okay, or a solution to what they're dealing with. And that was something early in our relationship with Christy and I is that eventually said, I don't want you to fix. I want you to listen to me. Yeah. So, and I've for, heard that too. Right. And so for <laughs> men, it's like we're, we're thinking, well, you know, if I help you, then that means that I'm a benefit to you. Right. But then if, if, if my sense of helping you deteriorates our relationship, then obviously I'm a hindrance to you. And therefore, you know, we have to assess, you know, what is my why in this relationship? You know, am I, am I overstepping my, my sense of what I should be doing and, and kind of damaging like a, the sense of intimacy because um, we're not together on, on the same shared goals? And I think, you know, as marriage, we talked about this in many other shows too, episodes that marriage is one of those things where it's 100%. I give 100% and she gives 100%. Because 50-50 is always going to, there's always going to be an argument in some way in that, that small yeah. fraction of, of a sense. Um, and that takes a lot of sense of like sacrifice to say, um, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, you know. Um, and, and I hope that I could reciprocate as well or vice versa. Um, and when you're raising children, as you know, those are other topics you have to kind of go with is to say, um, when your kid goes, I don't want to go to mass, you know, and you're going, well, I was there too as a young, but you don't, you want to make sure that, that you go, I, I understand. I know right now you probably don't fully understand why, why it's important, but what's important is, is, is finding out who Christ is to you, you know? Um, and I think it's one of those things where being patient with our children and own developing their faith. 
is is something for us parents we have to be very careful of because we don't want to like overexert the sense of where they they feel like they don't need to be uh, attentive to their their faith because it's to something happened to something happened in their growth to where they're like well I'll, I'm mad because of this happened sure you know I was always forced to do this and I think a lot of us who are adults may have had something happen to where we feel like we we're, it's not easy to, for us to come to the church or service because you know something happened or we were always dragged along and we didn't have a sense of freedom of, sure. of why or we never taught why we we're going yeah well I mean and it's our why comes from from spending time with our Lord and, and, yeah. and growing in relationship with Him. But I, you know, I was listening. You were talking about husband and wife thing, and I was listening to. I hope I made sense. I know I danced all over the yeah, place. No, yeah, no, you could, man. I'm sure it did. As I usually do. <laughs> no, yeah. it did. But um, you know, I was I was listening to Dr. Peter Craft on Matt Frad's show the other day. I loved. I mean, I could listen to that guy all day long. He just sense of humor and just. It just, I mean, I really put him up there with like some of the greatest philosophers of all time. I mean, he just he's he's so smart, and. Um, they were talking about divorce and we're just saying like he said well it really divorce doesn't doesn't really exist in the catholic church he said like because the lord forbade it right yes do we do we give annulments and things like that in severe situations but divorce itself he says is a myth because our lord simply forbade it so mm-hmm. um when we don't have our why a lot of times we're we're in essentially divorcing ourselves from the Lord. Like we're still around in the relationship, but we don't have the love, we don't have the meaning, we don't have that intimacy that you need to give a hundred percent, right? Because um, a lot of times the Lord, all the time, the Lord is given a hundred percent, and and maybe we're given ten, right. you know. And and this is what we're talking about is finding your why, and how you really start to live in this. And you know, this is why I want to tie it into the verse we were talking about. And this is. Um, Ephesians chapter six. So this follows like, you know, wives and husbands and all that stuff, but it's actually called slaves and masters. It says slaves. This is uh, uh, Ephesians six five. Slaves, be obedient to your human masters with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ. Not only when being watched as currying favor, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, willingly serving the Lord and not human beings, knowing that each will be requited from the Lord for whatever good he does, whether he's a slave or free. The important parts of that, it mentions in there a couple of times, like serving people in your life as to Christ with sincerity of heart, right? It goes on to say, doing the will of God from the heart, willingly serving the Lord. This is where we have to get to. I don't know that oftentimes we're, a lot of us are, are serving the Lord from our own heart, like like from the sincerity of our own heart, that we're that we're willingly serving the Lord. A lot of times we're you know we're 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 forcing it or we're doing it because somebody else has made us or whatever. We've got to get to that point where Jesus Christ matters to me. Mm-hmm. And you know we've we've talked about personal relationship a bunch, and it is a it, it matters in being a Catholic because if you don't have that intimate relationship with Him, you're never going to find yourself wanting to go to adoration. You're never going to find yourself wanting to go to a mass unless somebody else has taken you or going with you. You're never going to find yourself wanting to open Scripture because there's not the desire to be with him because you don't truly know him. You know, we have to become intentional about these things, but we have to figure out what our why is. And that's really like when you give witness talks, like that's why saints say like the greatest teachers are witnesses, Mm -hmm. right? And if they are a good teacher, it's only because they're a great witness first. I think that was Pope. I don't know if he's the same. It was Pope, Pope Paul VI or something. I don't know. It was one of those, but anyway, he was, uh, his point is like, you need to be a good witness. And the only way you can really be a good witness is if you have your why. 
because if you think about like all of uh, apologetical arguments and like you can go out there and you can argue like sola scriptura and all those different things and blah 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 back and forth that like so many people like to do but at the end of the day like if you don't have a why it, it doesn't really matter right like you can you can you can you can argue those things but at the end of the day it all has to come down with whether i have a relationship with jesus christ mm-hmm. or not and if you don't you're never going to have your why and if you don't have your why then you're never going to have that passion you're never going to have um that that will discern to make it your own right and so this is where i think so many people are so in that witness like when you find your why then you're able to go out and to share when you find your why it generally has to do with something that the lord has done in your life where he's become real in some moment in your life when you've encountered him right and that's why so many popes and people say like if you haven't had an encounter with him you probably don't have that personal relationship and it doesn't mean like jesus walked you know you know showed up at your front doorstep and it was obviously jesus but just thinking about times that your faith has saved you, what your faith has done for you, um, you know, things in your life where God was present, and then start looking at those things, and 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 that's how you start developing your why. Like, what has the Lord done for me in my life? And you know, that's the thing. It may be that I, you know, I had I had a sickness in my life, and I was really in a, in a down place, and and my faith grew, and you know, I'm able to get through my life now because I've come to understand that the Lord loves me. He's not punishing me. He's you know whatever. And so that's where we all have to get, because if we don't, then faith just becomes another thing we do. And it's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be the means with which we grow in our knowledge and relationship with Christ so that we can be with God forever in heaven. Because Christ says, I am the gate, I am the way, I am the life, right? No one comes to the Father but by me. Well, the way that we get to know the gate, the way that we find our way to the gate and have the key to unlock the gate is through finding our why and driving that passion and then we grow in our 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 hunger for scripture because we want to know jesus christ and the best way to do it is through his autobiography right we want to we want to take the eucharist into our heart and into our bodies as much as we can as many times as we can because we're literally taking his whole person into ourselves, like the god of the universe into ourselves you know we want to experience his mercy and confession so that we grow closer to him and that forgiveness and that love and that desire it's just that's the only way that we come to that place is to understand and define our why. And so, you know, look, I challenge those out there to you. If you're feeling like, I, you know, I'm going, I'm doing this, my wife wants me to, or my husband wants me to, or I'm just out here and it's a confused world and I don't know which way is up and I'm going, those are all good things. We have to get our foot in the door. But then we need to really sit and ask ourselves, like, why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? You know, and and start to look at our life and say, why is Jesus Christ a factor in my life? Why is God? Why is he not as, as much as he is? Or why, does it, why is he not more? And once we start doing those things, then we can get to the point to where we go, all right, I found something where God has meant something to me. Let me examine that. Let me look at it. And let me grow out from that. Right? Let these experiences become my own. And let me let me find that passion because that's what fuels it, dude. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of days where I'm like, the heck with this. I'm, you know, I get upset. I get mad. I lack trust. And then I always go back to, no, the reason you do this is not for anything other than you love Jesus and you want to be with him forever because of what he's done for you. He's my best friend, right? I love him more than anybody. And a lot of times people will, will, will go, what about your wife and kids? You know, I love my wife and kids, but I love Jesus more. It, it has to be that mm-hmm. way so that I can love my wife and kids the way that I should. And so, you know, folks, this is such an important part of our faith. It has to become your own at some point. 
And the way it becomes your own is by pouring into it, by working at it like everything else, right? If I want to know, if I want to be a great basketball player, I have to figure out how, but that comes from why I want to be a great basketball player in the first place. So, Victor, I don't know if you've got any closing thoughts here, anything you want to share as we come to a close here, but. Well, since we're closing, it'll be very brief, and you can help me with this. No, you either, either, brief, either, um, either I'm, I'm merging. It's a story where, remember, where uh, Christ was talking to someone, and they go, well, we're sons of Abraham, yeah. as if that excludes them from any punishments after in the afterlife. Sure. And I know he said something, and again, forgive me, because I don't know the exact quote or where it is, but it's just I'm resourcing the memory of, of, of a story. Uh, and Christ almost chastised them in a sense, like just because you're sons of Abraham doesn't mean that you're, you know, receive the glory. Sure. Um, and the same thing where he said, all people who call my name, you know, Lord, Lord, don't you remember? You know, and we talked about this. The why is something that is always, I think it's going to be always a daily question as well. You yeah. Because there's going to be things that come up in front of you going that may be so uh, distraught in the sense of what's going on in the world or things that affect you and your family. Um, but you, you grow in your faith knowing that, that you're going to be provided for, you know, you're going to be, you're, you're loved. Um, and, and therefore you show love to others. Um, and it's always one of those things where we, we have to maintain our faith, even when like, you know, the good times and the bad times, because all those things are just kind of like developing our senses of, of who we truly believe, who we, who we see ourselves as in Christ, you know? Um, and I think it's always something that we can't like slack off, Yeah, you know, because we don't want to take for granted that, that, you know, um, we'll lose a sense of ourself or, or our faith if, if we just stop. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like any other relationship in our life. Mm-hmm. If we don't, we don't serve our wives because, well, heck I signed this contract and yeah. I'm here and now it's just what I have to do in my life. We serve our wives because we love them or we should. Right, uh, we don't take care of our children because they're just a you know we have to because they belong to us and we can't give them away. Right now we serve them because we love them. Our faith has to be the same way. Our faith can't just be something we do just because we signed up for it. It has to be something we do because we have a love for the person we do it for and a desire to be with them always. Mm-hmm. So if that's not where you are right now, search your heart, ask why, um, and then find your why. Because once you do. That's almost like finding your purpose. And, and then once you find that, then then you start to serve the Lord in another way. And, and your faith becomes real. It becomes alive. It's not just a book of black words and uh, you know on a white page. It's not just a bunch of rist- ritualistic, institutionalist stuff that we do. Everything that we do becomes real and becomes loving for you because you love the person of Jesus Christ. So you do that when you find your why. So let's do the spiritually mature thing today, fellas, and let's, let's, let's search our hearts and figure out why. All right, let's take it to prayer, Victor, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, so many of us struggle in our faith. We find ourselves away from you. We find ourselves lost. We find ourselves asking why. Father, that's because we simply don't know why we serve you yet. Help us to make our faith our own. Help us to seek you out, to search our hearts, and to look for you in everything that we do so that we may come to know you in another beautiful and powerful way. And Father, whenever we find ourselves wondering why, Help us to have the spiritual maturity to search our hearts, to look, and to find moments where you've touched our lives. Go back there and let it power our passion to serve you for the rest of our lives. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, 
go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.